Hello, folks. Welcome to the Defiance Podcast. I have a fantastic guest here with me today. If you've spent any time in Charlotte eating or drinking, which full disclosure I have done a lot of, uh, chances are good you've spent time and money in one or more of his restaurants. Britton McCorkle has had a long career in the restaurant industry in Charlotte, having built some really iconic restaurants. Uh, he's one of the owners of Bottle Cap Group, whose stores include All American Pub, Braswell's, Whiskey Warehouse, Ink and Ivy, and many others. And again, if you're not from Charlotte, these names don't make sense. But if you are from Charlotte, I know you know what I'm talking about. Britton, uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks uh, for having me. Would you give an introduction to Bottle Cap Group for those listeners who may not have spent time in the cities where you operate? Because I also understand that you operate in a lot more than, than just Charlotte. At yeah, this we're point. in Charlotte. Uh, we at Charleston, Folly Beach, and Greenville, South Carolina. Great. So, and uh, just, uh, you know, wide, I've got 12 concepts, um, 15 wow. locations in these different areas. So, uh, it's just what we do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's great. So, I want to get into those different concepts and the and the restaurants and kind of how that's changed, that dynamic has changed as as the the, the company has grown. But first, I'd like to spend a little bit of time just on on kind of your background. I, I I believe I heard through the grapevine that your grandfather opened or owned a restaurant. Is that how you got yeah. into the business? Yeah, that's that's where it started. My grandfather, I guess, when he got out of uh, got out of the war, he moved to Charlotte. He opened a Dowd Road Soda Shop, which is the corner of Mint and Summit. Okay. It's a, a restaurant now. It's been a couple of different things, but there was a drugstore, like um, grocery store, Brooms grocery store there, and then it was a little uh, diner or a little soda shop next to it, and he had that from like the 40s, right out to 40-something. I guess that was a theme here, because yeah. Pike's was the same kind of thing, right? Same type thing, you know, with the pumps behind there and the milkshakes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good for me as a little kid, eating milkshakes. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, so it started there, and I would go to work with him in the summertime, I'd spend the summer with them, go to work there, and hang out and sleep in the booths, do all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. So wow, what a great education! It was. It was. He taught me a lot. Okay. So, so I understand that Tom Wicker came in into your life at some point, and and for those who don't know, Tom Wicker is another successful, uh, multiple serial entrepreneur, especially in the restaurant space. How influential was that in your development as an entrepreneur and a restaurateur? Yeah, I mean, probably. To put me in business, he did that. He okay. put me in this. Uh, the passion we taught my grandfather's, you know, I, I did it there and learned it. But he put, he put it in place. He, okay. he was in part of my. He was married to my mom and was around my life when I was two years old. So. Wow, wow. I mean, it, 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 very serendipitous to have both of those people in, in, in your life. Obviously, mm. that's that's kind of made my made <laughs> my path for me. Huh? <laughs> Learn to wash dishes and mop floors. Let's get to work. That's fantastic. So, and and did I hear you worked at a, another place called All American? I know you own now an All American pub, but did you yeah. work at a place called All American? That was with the Tom? first place. Actually, I uh, was partners with Tom at that point. I think I was a uh, eighteen. I just turned eighteen. Just graduated from high school. I was uh, I was actually didn't make it quite through the college thing, and I went <laughs> and started doing this. I but think I, it worked out okay for you. Who knows? <laughs> um, but definitely, it, you know where Ed's Tavern is? It was right next mm -hmm. to that. It was a very small place that one of Tom's ex-partners had, and they wanted to sell it. So we went in, and we actually did a place called Oklahoma Steakhouse that oh, wow. was in that same spot, and we ran it for a little while, and then the sports bar kind of thing was popping up, and we took off and ran with that for a while. How, how old were you at that time? I was 18. 
Wow. I had to get a, yeah, we would buy liquor, but I'd have to take somebody that was 21 years old to the (laughs) liquor store with me to pick the liquor up. I could write the check, but I couldn't sign the invoice. (laughs) Wow. That's great. And how how long were you guys at at, at that one? Uh, It was there a while. We ended up selling it, selling the location um, to another group of guys. They ran it for a while. I think they might've got it back. We were back and forth on that kind of stuff, but uh, we were in business for uh, probably five or six years there, I believe. Wow. And so... Again, for some of the listeners who don't know the area, and I know the area fairly well, but I don't know it back then, was was that part, I guess, is that part of Dilworth? That is Dilworth. Okay. That is right in the middle, slap dab middle of Dilworth. What was Dilworth like at that time? Because I've heard that it's been up and down. It's a very, very nice neighborhood now. Yeah. Charlotte. I, I mean, it's, it's the houses and the prices of the houses are way beyond what they were then. Yep. Um, and there were some little pockets of little houses that were not desirables okay. little streets but for the most part Dilworth's always had a little bit of that prestigious side to it okay there's always been the queens or queens road over there the mm-hmm. Dilworth road west excuse me and stuff so it, it was great it was a you know it was a, it was a cool area to be in i think it, it's it's a perfect location for a restaurant bar neighborhood bar and it's still got one in that same location. Well, and, and Ed's is still a very popular exactly sports bar it's, it's just right there and it's yeah. perfect and, and again they've, they've kind of Taking the houses around it, got new people living there. It's mm-hmm. a perfect market. That's great. So I heard you also started Vinny's Raw Bar. Is that correct? That, yeah, that was it. Yeah. After All American, I left and I went to work for Hooters of America. Okay. So that was, was that a, was that the one on Trade Street? Or uh, no, actually, one uh, I moved away. I went to work at. I started with them. I was young. I was so young that you know I had to go out and find uh, mm-hmm. somebody else to work with, but. I think I was like 22, and they made me a manager. So I was really young wow. at that point. But you had already um, owned a restaurant too. So. Yeah, and, and it was di- it was different. But they were on the upswing of things. You know, yeah. Hooters was just now growing. There were some great people that were there. There were people that were very well known throughout the industry and in, in okay. these companies. So I learned a, a lot working with those guys. That oh, that had to be a great experience. I always tell people who want to get into tech startups, I'm like, you probably don't want to start at a startup. You probably want to start at a company that's had some success mm-hmm. and is growing and transitioning into success because you learn a lot more and, and it's a lot less painful <laughs> definitely pay attention to what they're doing they're doing it for a reason you know and i learned it i learned like i said i learned a lot about what i do today from those times even though it was a while back <laughs> yeah that, that's great i had not heard that that part yeah. of the story that that's really cool um, so, so for those who don't know, Vinny's uh, raw oh, bar. I'm sorry, I didn't sorry, even Vinny. answer the question. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but no. So I, after I left, I went to work for Vinny uh, for Hooters, and went. Out, I was literally, I think, got homesick because they were moving me around. And uh, I was in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, and just decided I wanted to come home. Yep. Uh, found a location, or a buddy of mine found a location over off South Boulevard, and wanted me to look at it. And I just packed my stuff up and came back to Charlotte. Wow. So. Wow. And in the raw bar part, I had a friend. I still got a friend that's uh, down in Myrtle Beach, Mr. Fish. He's a great guy. And he always had some really good uh, uh, recipes and different things with seafood. So he got me definitely tied into that. Okay. And just we started working with it, and it was just fun. And it, and it kind of came along with the beer. It was yep. just worked. Yeah, so. Vin- Vinny's was one of my favorite places. So when I moved down here, I first was doing a project for Family Dollar down in Matthews. And 
we did a happy hour for the client. We said, where do you want to do happy hour? And now Matthews is booming. Mm-hmm. But back then, Vinny's yep. was really That's the only it. place That's to go. It. <laughs> and, and we went there, and I loved it. And then my wife and I went and discovered when we moved here to Charlotte that there was one off of South Boulevard. Yeah. And then we showed it to some of our friends who were really into raw bars, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, it just, there was something about it that was just a really good mix. The the, the oysters, the the... The friendly staff. It was just the it was simplicity just a, yeah. of it. I think is what we all try to recreate in that. And yeah. it, it didn't. It just came because that's what we could do. Yep. Just you know, and it, and that one on South Boulevard was really a, it, it hitting the mark at the right time. Mm-hmm. It is. It was right before the Panthers and like the South End Brewery and everything came in. So the area ended up really taking off right after that. Like yeah. you know, light rail started talking and you know, all <laughs> that started coming in play. Yeah. So that that's great because South South End now again for those not from Charlotte is one of the hottest spots in terms of real estate and and we're going to talk about this a little bit because yeah. you guys have really a, quite a big presence there now with multiple restaurants so yes. but it, it's cool that, that that you were committed to the and the Vinnies is it, that's where Rosemont is today yeah, yeah, that exactly. same thing so it, it's just definitely a familiarity that gets us there that, Vinnies was Vinnies was fun it was it it was at a right time in my life too yeah I was young enough to run. Well, so how, how big did that get? Was that five locations? Because I also went to a location on Lake Norman, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That was our, we had four locations. Um, four. And one was Lake Norman. We had one up at Mountain Island Lake. It wasn't on the water, but it was up that way. And that was our fourth uh, that we opened. I went to that one as well. I had a yeah. friend who lived on Mountain Island Lake. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was good, you know, just like anything else. I think we had that for 15 years. And wow. the partners and I split up on that. And then uh, I started finding different things to do. <laughs> okay, so so what was next? Was Braswell's the next one? Yeah, Braswell's came in. I mean, I I messed uh, I messed around a little bit. I met Al in the middle of all that, of a friend of mine, and we just kind of uh, started playing yeah, so, with so ideas. Let me, let me take let me talk Go a ahead. little bit about that because that was that was around the time that I met you because Al was working at Moorhead Street Tavern. Yes, decided to open Nona's. Mm-hmm. He tripped up a little bit on on the finances, and so I, I gave him some funding to fund it. And then I believe you took over his responsibilities. At yeah, Moorhead I sure Street did. Tavern. He trained me, yeah. so I took over. If you can say <laughs> I took over his responsibilities, he was pretty good at it. But uh, I, he... I might as well have had my mail for it there. I lived at the Camden Grandview, which was across the street, and Al was my favorite, one of my favorite human beings. Oh which my is gosh. why I backed him financially. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it, and he's consistent. He is there. He was. He did everything in that place. That's why I say I don't know that I took his job because he did everything. There. Sure, but uh, yeah, I, I did the Moorhead Tavern thing for a little bit, mm-hmm. and Tom had approached me about doing a couple things um, while I was working there, and we went back and forth a little bit, and mm-hmm. just wasn't sure. But then this that thing over there, the press box on Montford, came available. Okay, and that was just it. I was like, you know, this is this has been a bar since 1970 something. Now, was good food over there yet? Because no. it's that that whole street has had just a renaissance. I mean, it, it, even the even the uh, the bowling alley has some of the best barbecue in town. Yeah, I would argue. I know. <laughs> I mean, and it's great. And, and that was a big change for that. You know, mm-hmm. the the bowling alley was a was a core thing for that that street, and and it brought a lot of people, and a lot of it still does. Mm-hmm. Um, when we moved in, I think we kind of brought a little something new to it. I think well, Moosehead pat- and Angry Ales were right there. Yeah, I remember both of those, but I, I feel like your patio was a game changer. I mean, is, is, yes. is that what most people know Braswell's for, is the patio? Yeah, and or? the big trees and patio, and it, and it was underutilized, and the press box was there, so that was a good move for us and a good a good way to take a and get opportunity in there. I think the area's always been great for bars mm-hmm. over there. So. It's the second biggest concentration after downtown or uptown, if yep. I'm not mistaken. And, right? and it and it might uh it might 
bounce back and forth with a few areas, but they still are really strong with what yeah. goes on there. Um, and that's one of the oldest shopping areas in the town. I mean, it's yeah. like the oldest shopping center around. Now, it, it's an interesting area because it's accessible to so many different neighborhoods. Um, it's we, we end up going there quite a bit, but we, we live in Plaza Midwood, so we almost never leave our zip yeah. code is what we like to yeah, say. Yeah, 28205. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it. I like it. So, so what was the inspiration for building such a wonderful, like, obviously you, you and Tom, and did you have any other partners at that point? No, or? it was just, just the two of us. So you guys yeah. put some money into it because it's, it was not a cheap, cheap build from but, <laughs> somebody who spent some time there. Yeah, yeah, it was not the cheap. But, I mean, uh, you know, we started off with, like anything else, a budget that we thought would work, made sense on paper, and then why do like Al did, and we run short on things at the end. <laughs> um, but, you know, that Braswell's was... We at a point, a couple of points, we were both like, "What are all these people here?" Because yeah. we weren't doing anything we felt that different. Okay. But it was just a fit for that area. That the, the people wanted something. They wanted to freshen it up, and and they're looking for just a bar. And that's, yeah. I think that's what that key was there. Yeah. And and then take that bar that we built, and then keep growing on it. Yeah. You know. Well, and I feel like good food has to help because good food has a very good reputation. Very good. It's aptly named. But a lot of people that I talked to were like, yeah, we like to go to good food, but we go to Braswell's, have a couple of drinks while we wait to go in. I mean, yes. is that just serendipity? And you know, I think, and Bruce and those guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. They're amazing, and if anybody wants to be great in the restaurant, they're great. Yep. Okay, um, But we do two different things. Yeah, We're sure. two different, and to be neighbors at times. We are two different groups <laughs> of people, if you see. But we've good neighbors. We've always been mm-hmm. just right there, and, and he does. He brought recognition to the street that there was no way we would bring, and there's probably nobody else would. Yeah. Um, and, and it's great. He'll be there for a long time. We hope we are too. That's great. That's great. So was whiskey warehouse the next one? Yeah. Whiskey was the next one. I had to think about that a little bit too. Cause yeah, whiskey came available and then we also did Jack's at the lake and it's a little different deal. So, uh, it, but whiskey was next and Wix, whiskey was, uh, it was another restaurant beforehand and my uncle was, a it was partner. creation bef- right yep. immediately before it, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. which was a Thai place. And we did a deal and took over that, um, mm-hmm. for, with them. It, and it just, there was a lot of partners in that business. My uncle was one of them. He introduced me to those guys and we went over there and I thought the building was amazing. I'll be honest at first. It is I an did, amazing building. It, it's great. I, love, I fell in love with the building itself and in the area. Um, I went to school with uh, Scotty at Thomas Street, and mm-hmm. so I taught him some, and he said, you know, look, welcome that kind of feel. Yep. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, we went yeah, in so, there. So for those who don't know, when, when, when um, Britton mentioned Scotty and Thomas Street, Thomas Street Tavern has been a fixture in, <laughs> in, 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 in the Charlotte scene forever. It's a neighborhood bar. I've never taken anybody there who hasn't said, wow, this is awesome. It's amazing, it, it, right? It's amazing. And they build something that they can't, you can't recreate. And yeah. him and his father, they both, they do a great job. But yeah. I, I, I speak of them as everybody would know them, and you're right. Because they did, they've made that. Well, I, I remember reading about this magazine when I was moving to, uh, reading about this um, bar when I was thinking about moving to Charlotte, and it was in FHM. And FHM ranked them, ranked them as a top five bar in the country because um, it's, yeah. it's just that cool it is and, and now i live about a half a mile from so <laughs> from thomas street there. Tavern. Yeah. yeah yeah and then but then whiskey came into place and now there's probably 10 or 12 bar workman's friend is now yes. one of the more yes. popular bars in great town. guys yeah. there too yeah, yeah. there's got it i think that's what's great and you asked earlier you know like what what one's my favorite 
that area is what bars are supposed to be like. Yeah. And in the fact that we're all different enough and can bounce back and forth, mm-hmm. that makes it great. I, I agree. It's, and all the great, all the your great guys are over there. You know, you mentioned yep. like Wordman's friend, Tommy, and those guys. All uh, the, Peculiar Rabbit's a great, Peculiar, show, great yeah, place. Yeah, Rob's a great guy. All of them are just, it makes that area fun for the customer. Yeah. And everybody has their own thing. You're Snug Harbor on Monday. Yeah. Over that day. <laughs> <laughs> Snug Harbor. And uh, yeah. I, I, I was sad when um, John's Country Kitchen moved out. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and you know what? You see everybody in there. It was the same. It was that yep. group, and we knew that too. So and Zeta Jane's. It's, yep. it's just a great, great neighborhood. A lot, lot of fun. Marsha and Zeta Jane's. Um, she was the bartender, and I was the bar back at Kidnappers uh, on Old Pineville Road, and I was fifteen years old, I think. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and then John, big John that owns Amos's. He he was the other bartender. Okay. And I was the bar back with these guys. So like we've all still right here in the same area that, so that's fun. fantastic so you mentioned jake's uh jack's on on lake norman i've never been to that one it sounds like that was done around the time of whiskey was it still just you and tom at that point or had you brought well, we have a partner, partner there um rad bennett's a friend of mine we went to school together um we worked together he worked for me at uh vinnie's um and did a lot we after i left vinnie's he went and worked with another group for a while and he brought that deal to us. I actually brought it to Tom. I like to be closer to my locations. Uh, <laughs> and Lake Norman is the other side of the world. But when they, when, so when they started talking about it, it wasn't my first thing. I was just like, oh, man, I just don't know. Yeah. But Rad's a good operator, and he knows how to do it. And he has really done a great job with it. They've been there uh, 10 years now, probably. So it sounds like Bottle Cap will partner with other individuals on individual We don't have projects. a lot of deals like that. Was um, Joe Hooper's one of those? Joe yeah. Hooper's was ours as a group. Mm-hmm. And then my partner, Tom... Uh, yeah. bought it from me and my other partner, okay. Scott, and they, him and his brother had it for a while, and then they sold it to the guys at Moon and Brew. Moon and Brew, okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, for, and, and, you know, Joe Hooper's was another one. I loved it. I like building these things. I think it's so cool, but I yeah. love that area. It just, well, that was that was themed after a World War II pilot, if yep. I'm not mistaken. And right? if you read the story on him, it was a great story. Yeah, story. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, you know, we kind of met. We missed the mark on a few things like those, mm-hmm. the size of the place, and the, you know, it's just some of that stuff missed. Sure. So, so, so at this point, you've got it's really still you and Tom, but you've got um, a partner at Jack's. What, what is and Scott? And oh, and Scott was yeah, yeah, involved. Yeah. Okay. But Scott's involved in all of them. With so he was involved from day one. As well. um, he came in. Put me back up to whiskey. Sure. Uh, the rooftop when we did the roof. So let's talk about that for a second, because okay. you started out with one part there, and then you mm-hmm. built what arguably is the best patio in all of Charlotte. <laughs> and we, we set the mark on the patio, so we, we made uh, we made moves that helped everybody do what they do today, I think. It, it has the best view of Uptown Charlotte. It's, it's great. It, 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 it's amazing. I still, every time I go up there, love it. And But you also ended up buying... I believe there used to be a yoga studio or a gymnastics there was a dance, studio. There was a dance okay. studio when we moved in, and it was... Uh, you know, just still the same landlord, but we shared bathrooms, and it was just a weird deal. So mm-hmm. then when we went to do, we, we got them out, we were doing the rooftop, it, you know, it, it became, that back room became that one piece that we couldn't quite get figured out for different zoning and gotcha. regulations. So we finally got it going, but that, the rooftop was definitely the, the turning point for okay. whiskey. 
yeah, that 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 was a game changer for. If for we my wouldn't have had it, I don't, if we wouldn't have had it, I don't know that we would still be doing the same thing. Because okay. we definitely needed it, and in that area with a patio like Thomas Street has, and all the other things that go on in the area, people walking, and you need that outdoor space. Yeah. So it, it's really fascinating to me because it just feels like whiskey and Thomas and Workman's just complement each other i don't i don't feel like you guys compete with each other i feel like most nights i'm going to spend time at two of the three mm -hmm. <laughs> i think that, that you know and, and that might be because the three of us mm -hmm. that have those are personal about these things they're all our places yeah, yeah. even though that the customers can be the same each one of them got a little different something that, that we do yep and, and it's it was probably not even intentionally done that way you yeah. just build what you build and yeah. it happens so but I, you know, I think a lot of both of those guys too. Sure. So, so, so you've got you, you've got Scott, and 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 you've got Tom, and then you've got some partners in in different restaurants. What what is your role in that partnership versus the role of the different partners? Like, can you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We you always pair yourself up with people that can play off of each other. As long as we all try to stay in our lanes, things mm -hmm. work out pretty good. That's not always easy to do, but. I think we do pretty good as a group. Um, you know, I think I run things, and they're quick to tell me that, too, when things are going the way they shouldn't be. <laughs> um, and, that, and that's how I wanted it. Um, you know, even though you take on a lot of it, I, I run most of all that day-to-day. -day. Um, I'm even stepping into some more roles. Being as many concepts that we have, I don't think it's something that you can spell out for one person to do. Sure. So there's a lot of that personal personalities in each place that we put into it. So I'm involved. I work every day. Got it. So. And is is Tom more of just the steady wise hand who's seen everything and just kind of validates then what he what, does. What seeing? He <laughs> does. He brings a whole lot of light to stuff. <laughs> We yeah. laugh at Tom because Tom, Tom is the, Tom is the best to sit back and talk and and deal with these things. And he does uh, uh, like the uh, he's a landlord, mm -hmm. so he owns property, but he also helps on the leases. Uh, the thing with Dan, you know, it's stuff that he knows that somebody maybe doing my job every day doing mm -hmm. wouldn't want wouldn't have time or yeah. wouldn't be able to take and do. So he does do that. We always say Tom is the luckiest person in the world too. So it's always good to have that. <laughs> that that's great. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the decision process for opening a new concept versus extending one. I know we haven't gotten into all of your concepts mm -hmm. yet, but you've got, as you mentioned, 12 concepts, 15 stores. So clearly sometimes you're extending a concept, sometimes you're creating a new one. It, wh yeah. what, is the, what does that decisioning process look like for you guys? A little bit of... For me, I think I, I see a place and it fits a certain thing. Maybe it is looking around and seeing what the need would be mm -hmm. and then finding that. I think it's hard for me sometimes to make another of something. Yep. Uh, ink was kind of different in a way, but we could do that. But most of them, I see them as their own one individual thing. Gotcha. So that kind of leans away. Now, my partner sometimes would argue the same would be easier, Britton, and, <laughs> and it probably would. Yeah. But it just, it, for me, I so think... So you push harder on more new concepts, and you think that... Yeah, not saying yeah. I'm always right. I, sure, I mean, sure. honestly, it does create a lot of you get different menus and stuff. But if you're building the bars and you're building these these individual places like that, then I feel like they have to be different in a way. Yeah. And if I make a, a one Braswell's here and we've had another one in another place, I they never are the same. Okay. So it, it, it's kind of hard for me, I guess. That's interesting. If that answers it. No, that, that, totally, <laughs> that totally answers it. Do you see a consistency 
between the brands? Or I mean, mm-hmm. and, and actually, let's hold off because I've got a question later where I talk about what I think the consistency mm-hmm. is, and I, I want to hear you gotcha. critique gotcha. whether I, right. as, as, a, <laughs> as a, a frequent um, fan of your or a frequent customer, think of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, let, maybe let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the nitty gritty details. So, how do you think about food costs versus drink costs? Or do you think of yourself as primarily a bar or primarily food or how, how does that all play together and then how do you think about the you know the, the actual costs and the profitability of the two p&ls are you know you can run businesses from both sides mm-hmm. so you can j- dive in and run in from the p&ls which you have to mm-hmm. um and the cost obviously alcohol uh changes things it does you profit is higher on that okay. um our total cost of goods are lower when we have more alcohol okay i believe that you have to have food so there's a marriage of the two of them can but only we, drink so much and without, <laughs> without something <food. laughs> to eat and, and you know you tell you i can't sell you an eight dollar cheeseburger or five dollar cheeseburger once yeah and then sell you an eight dollar beer five more times after that <laughs> so like you definitely need kind of the 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 booze to keep it going but the food is the restaurant i think we build restaurants if you yeah. ask me what i own i own restaurants now yeah. my, and, and i look at percentages of sales we're looking through today um as much as we think one sells a lot of food and the other sells a lot of booze they usually end up around 40 percent uh food okay yeah well, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here because I because I, I think the segues nicely into it, and then I'll come back to the the where where I was trying to go. But I'd like to just tell you my observations, and I'm probably wrong because I'm not very yeah. smart about restaurants. Yeah. But it seems like what you guys are really good at is building just a phenomenal space. I mean, every detail is is nice. It's whether it's the patio or it's the the decor inside, but it's it's a phenomenal space. Then you hire a friendly staff, and because I'm married. I, you know, I can't really comment on this, but I've heard from some of my single friends that you're also very good at hiring an attractive staff, not just friendly. <laughs> and then I think you offer food that is much, much, much better than bar food. I mean, it's, it's I, you know, I wouldn't call it elite food, but it's it's very yeah. good food. It's food think, yeah. That's a goal. Yeah. And, and it seems like a lot of your customers are people who come in for a few drinks and then they decide to eat. Um, and again, because the food is good, you know, they're, they'll eat and they're probably coming in three or four times a week and, and then they're probably eating. Um, and the menus are varied enough where a regular won't get bored of it. Um, is, is this a thoughtful decision you guys have made or am I just fitting a model? No, with the benefit it's of definitely yeah. all of that, all yeah. of what that goes into play and, and, and trying to make all those work into, as you read that off is t- I'm sitting there going, I need to work on that <laughs> because it, it is hard. Uh, but you that's it that's you spelling it out people want a friendly face Mm -hmm. to give some variety and some options and what's out there what's we can very easily get stagnant with the menu Mm -hmm. um but change is always difficult so you you know that it's a balancing act um and i'm like to get more involved in that i like to be better at that all the time but i definitely think that that mix is there um and the food is very important. We have a chef we work with to try to keep that going. Yeah. Um, drinks. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a huge. The, the cocktails. The, the oyster shooters at uh, Ink and Ivy are impressive to me. Like, yeah. And there, there's but there's little details like that that I constantly find when I go into one of your restaurants. I'm like, wow, this is, 
this isn't just a sports bar. This this has things that you would expect from a nicer place. And we, and we want to. That's sometimes a hard marriage because we end up in, in for instance, mm-hmm. if on a Sunday game day, it's hard to execute everything the way you'd want. So, like, I, I want it, and I want it like this all the time, and that's a battle. So we, we try to find that marriage. We try to find the happy medium. Um, yes, and, and better bar food than yeah. the average. Yeah. But we all still like these things. Yeah. And, and we're fine. I mean, the menus right now, my, my thoughts moving forward, there's each one of them are a little bit different. Each area they're in is different. And there's a lot of options and stuff that we could keep, instead of saying change and keep adding things to there to yeah. keep us fresh in their mind. Well, that's, I wanted to ask you about that because I've, I'm curious, one of your concepts that seems to be doing very well, and it's connected to All-American and Slate, and, and I can't remember the other name right now, but, oh. but Hot Taco. Mm-hmm. How does this fit in? Because it does seem like uh, Mexican restaurants in general, are more they're not something you're going to go to every night to eat, right? It's something yeah. that you're, It's a Taco you're, Tuesday. Yeah, Taco Tuesday, it's exactly. It's a Taco Tuesday. <laughs> um, and, and it also seems like hot, at, at Hot Taco, the bar is less central to the experience. So mm-hmm. how does that fit into your overall? Is that a conscious decision? It that doesn't you slide so? easily into yeah, okay. what we do. It doesn't <laughs> compare across the board the same. Okay. Um, and but it seems to be busy whenever I go in. It is. Yeah. I think we've made some mistakes on how we do it. They've tried to tweak a menu that I feel like Mexican food is, 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 what, it is what people expect it to be. Sure. Um, it's not as easy as I thought maybe it would be. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it's Mexican food. We can make this work. And then here we are fighting that battle. How do you keep it hot? Yeah. But So <laughs> it doesn't always fit. And, and I, I go back, and my partners and we've all talked about, would you change this? Wouldn't this be better? Not necessarily, because it's almost like something finds a place, and we have four places right here. Mm-hmm. It has to be almost, in my mind, different. Yeah. And what are the four? It's, it's Slate, All-American, Hot Taco. And Oak the, Room. Oak Room, is, that's yeah. the one I'm missing. And Oak Room's just nightclub. <clears throat> it's open two nights a week. Uh, we do okay. parties and stuff in there. But it does drive. You talked about the cost and the food and the, the going across the board. The bars definitely balance out what we do. So Taco holds its place on the front with a little less of the sales on alcohol or less mm-hmm. of the bar. But they put food out there, too. So we kind of balance out everything in the building itself. Wow. Yeah, it, it's great. I remember seeing that build as you took over one location and then another, and they they didn't seem all that connected. But then one night I spent a night working there because actually my my twenty five year old son worked for you for a yeah. while, and, uh, <laughs> and he was wasn't working one night and was like, "Hey, let's go hang out." And we started at one, and we kind of moved our way. Down. I think we started with dinner at Hot Taco, and then kind of moved that's, our way that's down. So it's, it's what you do without knowing. <laughs> um, so Rosemont is right around the corner from that that cluster of four mm-hmm. restaurants. I mean, it's, it, what is it? A block and a half, two mm-hmm. blocks. And you mentioned Rosemont is in the former. Yep. That's the, uh, that's the Vinny's. That's the one that I'm came back and opened up. So, uh, do you worry about cannibalizing business from the others or is it just such a different concept? That it's, it's, it is a definitely a concern. And then how did we end up in there? Everybody wanted me to go back in that building is what happened. <laughs> it wasn't um, as fun after you it left. It wasn't but. the same. <laughs> I, I would have rather dropped in and said, said, Hey, but, um, when it came available and the landlords there, great, everybody, it was just like almost very familiar. Okay. Um, and somebody was going to get it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just felt like we might need to do this. And at that time, I was working uh, with Chef Troy, and, and we were talking about the Woo's concept. 
Um, okay. and so that's so what you did on Woo, which yes, was there before. I did, and then, yeah. Okay. And that's what we started with. And then we gave it a, a certain amount of time to kind of make it go. And um, it didn't. It was great food. Loved it. Again, I think we are more of a bar drinking type place. And mm-hmm. also I think that building was screaming for that, and I knew it. But I fought it by not wanting to put something in there because that's what I used to do. So I like mentally I was probably saying, I'm not doing the same thing I did before. Okay. And I did this and I made a mistake. Okay. <laughs> so, but you know, for Rosemont, there's a lot of people in that area. Um, Again, for those listening, this is right in the heart of South, South end, which is the hottest neighborhood in Charlotte. There's a new brewery going up, which I want to talk about breweries mm-hmm. in a little bit with you, but, but there's also a new apartment complex going up. The light rail line runs right through the middle of it. I don't think anybody thinks this market is anywhere near such saturation, and yet you've got five restaurants. There's a lot it. in there. <laughs> when you look around, it's the people are there. Um, we is, if we do a good job, that gives people the same options. Um, mm-hmm. This is the, with the day of the scooter. I mean, we could just get on a scooter route and everybody hit all the places around there yep. and just have a blast. And, and the parking lot will be full of those things on the weekends. So it's just it's a good location. Yeah. Again, does it play off the others? It's a little close on some of the stuff with uh, All American, but it also isn't enough of a concept where I think we play off of the music some. They, okay. they can always kind of create um, a few different options, and that's as we're talking about menus with them. I think there's some options there with looking at the market that we could okay. make some changes. Very cool. So I, I think I have this right. My, my one of my companies, Level, uses your catering. You you have a catering arm, right? I'm not. We do have we do have work catering through our restaurants. Okay. So they come out of the restaurants that we have now. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, if I recall correctly, we cater something through you guys, but we all, but also like you manage Price's Chicken for us for some reason. I think it, that that's what we're doing. They they probably they did a chicken thing. With, Okay. you guys at once I, I don't know the details okay got that. it <laughs> i don't do the catering side as much of it i know that you know gotcha. it is different it's it, a different world and is that something that's just a, a way for you to sell to corporates that you can't otherwise or is it just something where hey we're already making this food we've already invested in it we, I, th- I think it's kind of a marriage of you know with today's world of the delivery and mm-hmm. the to-go stuff we, we missed some of that by not being more okay. forward thinking and being able to adapt to that people are, are changing the way they order eat and and where they eat so we didn't do as much of it because it's different gotcha i think the people who've committed to doing the catering the to goes the the more you know deliveries and things there's a lot of that they had to change about their operation sure. and i'm not we might have missed some of that on okay. our end are many restaurateurs like yourself who own multiple locations also doing food trucks or is that is it usually one or the other I think it's one or the other. Okay. I think some of the guys do have them. If I'm running a restaurant, trying to get somebody to take that truck somewhere, set up and yeah. do that is again, it's, it's difficult for us to do. Do I enjoy it? Yes. I think that it was cool. Yeah. I own a, I own two of them. Okay. And I don't take them anywhere. I got the trailers, but I think it's uh, <laughs> if you, I always tell somebody like, if you want to get into business, you want to try it, take one of these trucks out Yeah. and just do it and get up the next day and want to do it again. <laughs> see yeah. where you're at because it's tough that's hard uh my ex-in-laws had a food truck and i worked uh, the race track with them one weekend and when i left that weekend i said you, you guys exhausted are, you guys don't need to do this <laughs> yeah. how do y'all do this every weekend <laughs> so interesting how do you think about breweries and again as somebody from the outside looking in i may have this wrong but it seems like they want you to sell their beer <laughs> 
But then on some level, they're opening up locations Keep that might going. compete I with like you. Where you're going yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It just a, seems like channel con classic channel conflict, right? Like yeah, it is. I mean, if Budweiser did it, they would be all over them. If we were able to pop up, it, it just it, it is a different concept. But well, and, and I'd like to go to a, a while ago. I think this happened twenty years ago. But and I hope I have the story right. But I think that um, Pepsi used to own KFC. Mm -hmm. And they used to own uh, what are the other Taco brands? Bell, Taco Bell, yep. and Pizza Hut, yep, yep. and and everybody was so all the restaurants were so furious that they started buying Coke instead and said no you, if you're going to compete with us like that's right it's kind of the same thing in my mind mm -hmm. right? yeah. and, and, and they ended is, up spinning out Yum Brands if you get down to the nuts and bolts of it if it's Pepsi mm -hmm. is selling Pepsi to themselves what are they buying it for yeah and then what are they selling it to me for now we're already at a disadvantage and there was some of that in the beer business uh, okay. you're making beer at pennies compared to what we have to buy for delivered to and so mm -hmm. so when you're selling to the consumer we are competition okay and if you can undercut me for the same product and I can't do anything about it it's well, not. It's not. And fair. some of these brew pubs are actually making high quality. I go to Yancey's, uh, the the brewers at Yancey, and mm -hmm. I feel like their wings are they're they're pretty legitimate wings. They're restaurants. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all restaurants and bars, <laughs> and that's fine too. Yeah. I think uh, we've got. A, a, I have. Uh, I was a little bitter. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> and everybody probably knows it. Now they've heard, but I had a right to be with as much as I felt like I was part of the team pushing. <laughs> for the right things moving and helping the locals and do this. Mm -hmm. So then when it kind of came back around, it was, it, I was got a little bitter about it, but then it is what the customer wants right now. And I enjoy craft beer too. Yeah. I've told you whiskey and I, I try to ease back. Now I'm looking for that replacement. And the, and I, some of these craft beers and the heavies and stouts, porters and these things are amazing to oh, me. Yeah. So I was only being hard headed. For these reasons but but i think we all kind of have found some common ground to work together um and it's it is what it is yeah it is now do you do you find that for because you're in very different not only different concepts but different neighborhoods do you find yourself thinking about the breweries that are in a given neighborhood because then here in plaza midwood where whiskey warehouse is for instance we've got legion brewery mm -hmm. which is great we've yep. got resident culture which is great there's a new one I've been by Yafo Kitchen. That's, mm -hmm. that's wonderful too. Do, so, do you, how how much does that play into your your thoughts? Now process? they're fighting with themselves. Okay. So like before, <laughs> it was me selling you what people might want, but at this point in time, there's 45 of these right here in front of me. Yeah. Which one do you want? Because yeah. that's what I need to sell. Okay. And then the tap handles. You know, with places that come into play, they put 50 tap handles in. That's a lot of beer to put online. Yeah. Um, and and it, it it's hard to even how many Fine, tap handles do you go for? Because I never I heard think that twelve is okay. a good number. Okay. And I might add a seat, another tap, or another box for something here and there. Um, but if we can do twelve, that way everybody's kind of working towards that. And the decision's not too much either. Yep. Um, I think the mix of you know having, like I said, I like the stouts and porters, um, being able to have something there to feed to me, and we don't always even at my places have what I want. Okay. Um, but, Would you like a beer, Taylor? Can no, we're good. We right got now. a beer in the fridge. Okay, cool. Um, but sure. you making me feel. You hear me talk about it. I'm making myself. And <laughs> but it's, and you say that even beer has become 
more than it used to be. Yeah, it, it's almost... It's not a Budweiser every no, day. No, it's not a Budweiser, and it's it's, it's almost... It, it became as complex as liquor in many senses, and now it's even more complex than wine. I see people doing beer pairings now. Mm-hmm. All day. Yeah. And, and they've got... There's so many more flavors to come out of beer, too, yep. than you've, you've seen in the past. So they're, they're on the market. I, like I said, I, mixed emotions on that. Have they hurt our business? Yes. Have they taken some of our employees? Sure. Have they taken our parties and events? Yes. They hurt that area sure. big time. And, and the customers tell you, uh, we're going to go with these guys. And as I'm pulling their tap panel, selling their beer, it's got to be a little bitter, right? <laughs> so, But it is, it, it is what it is. And this is where we're going to be with it. I love some of the ones they have. Sycamore Brewery's done a great job with that too. And they're huge. Yeah, absolutely. They're huge in our area. Yep. They bring a lot of people around, but we also have a good work relationship. Of course, Old Mac is like what started, in my opinion, yeah. put everybody on put them put that area on the map where they are here yeah so. the, the, it was the, they were the first ones and then there were i, I met the uh the founder of uh four friends mm-hmm. and he he told me that um is it no die too well four friends was down um down near 485 so they were a little off the beaten path but mm-hmm. back then it didn't matter yeah and then i remember there were six or seven breweries that had popped up and then he said, yeah, I'm thinking about just shutting it down, you know? And I'm like, what? It seems like all these yeah. breweries are growing up. And he's like, my best customers were Whiskey Warehouse. He named a couple of places in Noda. And he said, I'm no longer local to those guys anymore. Ah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, it, 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 it's unfortunate, but 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 there were there were only two or three real, you know, in, in the early days. And now they're just everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. And what's a good one? I don't know. That's what kind of maybe drives that interest to try beers yeah which maybe puts another person drinking beer than yeah. used to i mean is there ever because it seems to me i don't care as much about the beers that the places have as much as i do the experience and it seems mm-hmm. like you guys are really good at experience is there a reason you don't go into breweries or yeah i kind of left it alone. I let them do that i thought they were gonna <laughs> stay out of my yard i was gonna stay out of their yard i guess uh it, i never have thought about that because i get i come from an old school mindset where you go to our bars and you're still gonna find a Budweiser and a Bud Light yeah. and a Miller Light <laughs> because that's just what I was beat into my brain for so many years. Um, I think there's ways to capitalize on what they're all doing. I yeah. think a good beer and comes from almost like a chef's mentality. I might can go get 12 of the best beers and put on my tap in the right environment and the right experience. Yeah, I could see and that. And you win, you win because yeah. you get to do a. You get the best of the best, yeah. not tied to one place, and then you'd have two, I'm done, I want to go to another one. So I think there's some options for us to grow and, and feed off of what's happening. It's just, what's the favorites? Yeah. You know? It's usually the, the numbers tell you the favorites, and y'all wouldn't want to know the numbers. They're not what we what we think are great. No, that, that's know? really interesting to me. It sounds like kind of a Netflix versus a Disney kind of thing, right? Where Disney's now deciding... They're foregoing. I don't know if you saw, but they they pulled all their content from Netflix over the next few years, which is two hundred fifty to five hundred million dollars a year worth of revenue that they're giving up because they want to own their own. Yeah, they have brand. their own yeah. brand. They're yeah. gonna do like Amazon, and they're, yeah. and they're, this is it. You just own these things. Yep. That's where the movie's at. You just click and pull up what you want. Yeah. Now yeah. you can do the same on your beard too. <laughs> I think I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Have you created all of the themes that you've got in your head, or are there other ones at this oh, point? I don't know where they come from. Um, <laughs> it's kind of probably like writing a song, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's why I say I remember stuff as I was a kid because that's all we did. And I mean, even when I was, when Tom, 
I remember uh, mm-hmm. sitting in a, on a wooden bar stool with a whole bunch of quarters at a pinball machine for hours because they were working. You know, mom's working, Tom's working, and I played pinball sitting in there. So, like, at, during those times, this was it. I remember this at one of these places. It was Johnny Dollars, and it was on South Boulevard and uh, Wicker Drive right there. It's over off. It, this is crazy. A little, it was a paint store or a gas station. Now it's a paint store. And I just remember seeing things in there as a kid, and then I'll think about that when we build something. I'm wow. like, this will be cool. <laughs> and, 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 again, I think – I try to recreate those things that I remember seeing somewhere. That's for really some cool. Reason. That, so. that, that's awesome. So, so it sounds like there are a lot more memories that you've got, so you'll continue to create new things. Uh, I guess. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to plan better at times. Um, <laughs> and I think we do get better. I think we have got better. But, yeah, I'm sure there's some other ideas. I don't know when. Maybe yeah. not right now. Yeah. Um, Papa Docs, we just opened that. Um, and that was a deal we worked on three years ago. Wow, what, so what is Papa Doc's? Just Papa Doc's, I, I, I've not been, but, I, but been? I've heard Al talking about it. Yeah, well, this is, uh, yeah, I'm very, and yeah, it's what I like, that this place is amazing, and it's something that, it's over the water, it built out over the water, about 9,000 square feet of uh, Lake Wiley. So right as you cross into South Carolina and Lake Wiley over the Buster Boy Bridge, this is a very unique building that just sits over the water. And it was T-Bone's uh, steakhouse for, 24 years and in 24 years before that it was the hungry fisherman and uh i remember as a kid going the hungry fisherman <laughs> so and we all grew up out on this lake we called it the river because it was a river back then and so we've always, i've always known that building so when we looked at it through with the presley's which is the moorhead tavern mm-hmm. they owned that place uh, we tried to do a deal with them and it's gonna it's just a different deal because it's out over the water duke power and we got 30 something boat slips that's a really unique spot. Wow. So it just does a lot of logistics and a lot of stuff to work out. And we actually thought the deal was done, not going to happen. And it, and it came through. And I didn't want, I say I didn't want that. <laughs> we wanted it, but I was fine with not having it. Okay. And then when it came in and I'd already told the family, no, we're good. And I was going to have a baby. I was like, we're fine. I'm not going to open this place. And then Six month it. old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. That was four months. So this baby was born right in the middle of this. Oh, no. So um, yeah, I had to plan the floors. She knew she was having the baby, so I planned to sand and do the floors while she's in the hospital so nobody could be in the restaurant and I wouldn't miss anything. So that's how deep we were in this one. <laughs> but, it, you know, I, I didn't think we were going to do that. I don't see any. We don't have a plan for anything, honestly, right this second. Gotcha. Um, so who knows? So you, it's interesting because I think conventional wisdom says it's all about location, location, location. And, and Al taught me this, and maybe he's wrong, but he's <laughs> pounded it into my head. He's like, location doesn't matter. Like, Bad Daddy's is a successful hamburger restaurant because it's awesome. And there were five restaurants before that that were there, Never and nobody right. gave a shit. Yeah. And Max was not, Max is now in a great location, but Max mm-hmm. wasn't a good location when they first opened up. But yep. people figured out how to go there. I'm curious, has the importance of location evolved as you've gotten bigger? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. Because you can't take he, – Al's exact he's, – he's right. Yeah. Um, that Bad Daddy's location was their first one, too. Mm-hmm. And they are great operators. Killing you won't it. find another person <laughs> to operate one. Yeah. So they made something work that wouldn't work for most people. Yeah. And they molded that particular one into what they have today. But when, you, when they're picking, I'm sure, or when one of us are picking locations for somebody else to go operate and you're not hands-on like that, uh. you definitely think the location through. You, you, you just you, you don't have the time to build 
yeah. and create something that's not already there. So location, it's just a safer bet, I guess. Yep. Very interesting. So you mentioned you have 15 stores, I think 12 concepts. How many employees are in the company now? I'm, I'm sure it changes all the time, so just yeah, order of magnitude. Probably 600, something like wow. that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot, you yeah. know, it, it is a lot, and it goes up at these times of year. Most of us are patios and stuff, so summertime, you know, we get a lot of the students yep. back in, and we hire butts during that time. And nobody ever thought that we had that many people um, working, but... What was the most employees you had at Vinny's? I'm guessing, like, maybe 150? Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe a couple hundred yeah, at yeah. that point, because we probably had 60 or so. It probably had less at some of the stores, but up at that Lake store, I probably had 60 or 70 okay. people up there. Wow, that was a that was a hopping little place, Lake Norman. <laughs> well, the one South Boulevard, they all did good. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, a lot, lot, lots mm-hmm. of fun. So, do you have any idea how Bottle Cap stacks up against some of the bigger private restaurant groups just across the country? I mean, I I, I don't even know how you'd measure money that. wise. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Revenue wise. Yeah, revenues. They judge a lot on revenue. People who report revenue. Um, and, and we do a good we do good sales. I mean, we we do a lot. I think for where we are, um, it's like anything else. You got some of them that bring you back down. <laughs> what I think what they measure you against, we're not tr- conventional in that. Set. Most companies don't have twelve different concepts. I don't gotcha. Think. Um, you do see some a, a lot more multi concept places opening now. Mm-hmm. I read about that. I see where they come in because they're seeing kind of what we talked about early where there is a fit and then there can be some, some, you know, similarities between them, but they all have their own personality. Yep. Um, so we are a little different. Okay. And, and we're so centrally located North South Carolina. I don't know that we have. Do, do you think that people from other parts of the country know who you guys are at this point or uh, we, well, I think anybody who lives here knows who you are, but I probably, yeah. there's probably some of the stores that we have that have, have made a mark that, you know, we get to try to position our place, uh, our places somewhere where if you come in town for a Panthers game, you probably yeah. have been to all American <laughs> or, or, or slate and might not have knew where you were. You know, he so said a lot of them are coming there and say, we went to this place. Oh yeah, that was how we knew that. So, um, I remember sitting in, uh, like a long time ago, though, with like Vinny's in Charlotte back then and sitting in, I was in Hollywood at a bar and then somebody heard me talking and they go, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Charlotte. They go, we go to a bar there called Vinny's. And I was like, look at that. Huh? We're in Hollywood right here. So it's, I guess being in this business and being big in Charlotte, people who come here hopefully have seen us. So. <laughs> That's great. So do you have a favorite concept through the years yeah i like i like whiskey warehouse okay you know and and we you really a couple things about whiskey you know as i've wanted to do other things like whiskey in the past the name whiskey it's it's been shunned from a couple of areas or they didn't like that or the shopping center didn't want that or it wasn't fit for the area because i have tried to come back around not exactly like that but something similar because are, are I there like other it. whiskey warehouses or is Mm-mm, it is that's it the, the only, only one, one. Okay. And, and again i think that i just i like the name i like whiskeys i think it's uh to me is the epitome of what that bar is yeah. you know it's it, it's always been that in the from the color of the glasses to the it on the shelves yeah. it's just fits and i like the old wood stuff i like mm-hmm. the barrels i guess just that part of it so it's probably okay my favorite for sure that's great. It, it, it's one of my favorites of yours too. I, I don't know if I 
have a favorite, but I, I, I feel like whiskey's probably one of the top ones. Yeah, so everybody's mad at me for that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, they probably know it too. So this is one that I'm always curious about in any kind of business, but especially in yours. How much autonomy does a GM at Bottle Cap? Do you have store level GMs then? Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. how much autonomy do they have? I, I've got to imagine the decision making process has to be pretty federated. Now that you've got 15 restaurants, you can't make every decision. No, yeah. you don't. And, um, you know, we spoke before we started all this, too, about the job that you take and with as yeah. many different concepts. Um, I don't make the decisions, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to pick up the phone and talk through it. Okay. Because it, it is it, at a point, especially with new people, I want them to un- understand how I see it. Because once you understand how I see it, then it just is easy. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's ever supposed to be hard, but I, I, let them some, ma- I let them make a decision. You I probably have it. some GMs that are better at making decisions. I got too. some of them <laughs> that if they made the bad decision, then we'll talk about that when you make it. But yeah. I want you to make the decision. Yep. I want you to make it because if I have to make it, you're right, I can't be there. <laughs> you know, And, and you're going to try to make them sometime or another. It's going to be wrong unless you start making them now. Yep. So... What is a typical build-out for you guys cost? I, I, I've heard some astronomical numbers for Ink and Ivy, but I think that was because you wanted to build a patio yeah. that was over a parking garage. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm hoping for your sake that was atypical. That was not what we're doing again. <laughs> Let me tell you, the whiskey, me and steel, I guess the steel structures, and so once they showed me that I could build that whiskey warehouse roof, I'm like, oh, you can do it like this. And then at that point in time, you can do anything with the right amount of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I thought about like building from not coming out of the ground, not putting steel, not building a roof and all these things, just coming and building inside of a structure or a building or a fit, it's 250 a square foot probably somewhere okay. in that area. Uh, wow. And, and it so gets, at 9,000 square feet, yeah. that, that's a... a it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a billion dollars. My calculations. <laughs> Your calculations are a little off. Uh, but, you know. But like two and a half million. Yep. Is, is not I mean, on a, on it's a, nothing out of thing. ordinary. Some of the stores, you take uh, Charleston. Uh, we picked up the Charleston Ink and Ivy because it was a part of another deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to put the pieces together that was already being built to be another restaurant, we changed it in the middle. Where is that one in Charleston? I just, right on we, King we Street. Um, oh, King so Street. it's Upper Kings. Uh, it's a cool, cool spot. So just north of the shopping district. Then, yep. The shopping district is right there on Kings. If I'm yeah, not so then it's kind of where all the activity is now. It's called the Entertainment District. Uh, that's where a lot of the college kids go and hang out and then if you want to you know the bachelorette parties bachelorette parties (laughs) it's all they're roaming the streets all night through there um and it's fun and my brother's got a club down there too so we we love charleston i love charleston more when i didn't have places there yeah it's not crazy it's kind (laughs) of like you work there you don't want to do that anymore (laughs) these people are on my nerves but yeah i do i I love charleston Uh, i I do too i've always said that like i if I ever retire, it's going to be to Charleston or uh-huh. Nashville. That's yeah. it. I want to go where I, I can go and not have to do anything. Yeah. Nashville's a great a point, seriously. There's too much to do to yeah, work. Yeah. So. so have you ever thought about opening another raw raw bar concept? Or maybe you have one and I just don't know well, about it. Yeah. There's, a, there's some oyster influence. Uh, you know, If you take like the Vinnie's, I think Papa Doc's has a lot of the Vinnie's flow and the oysters are there. Okay. And a lot of what I did back then, I found myself cooking the same thing, showing these guys. And I'm like, I pay you guys to do this, and I'm over here. what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I think even when I showed Chef a couple of things, he goes, oh. And I'm like, hey, well, 
I guess I did do this for 20-something years. I should know how to do these things. But yeah. it, it's got a lot of the oysters, and I love it. I don't know why. I think it just fits, like, sitting down, you get a drink, you start eating it. It's fun. Yeah. You're not there to, you know, do Like, I love the taste of oysters, and I order them at my house, but there's nothing like going to a raw bar and getting a bucket of beer and, yep. and listening to music. Yep. And, and they got, they've got it right up there, and they do a good job with it. Um, and actually, I just got one of the guys uh, that's starting to run the actual oyster bar up there on the weekends for okay. us so he'll be there and he's a good personality that Very makes cool. the experience even better that, that's so. great so we talked a little bit about this but you've been involved in some neighborhoods that have grown up very quickly south end plaza midwood um is, is it a thoughtful process for you to get in on neighborhoods like this or does it just happen and you're just glad that it happens i you know i don't know i, I think i'm I was apprehensive a long time. I didn't want to get outside the area. I knew. I was like, I know these people. This is my neighborhood. That's their neighborhood. Let them do that bar there. And that's kind of how we started first. And then things come up, um, and then you start stepping out a little bit. I, I think that when they bring me one, if it's in, like, Plaza Midwood, I said, I'm not sure. I don't know if I know the area enough. So yeah. I, I had to – in like, no dies. Not – I feel like it, I wouldn't be doing no die justice – because I would be bringing something that maybe not personal enough for them, or maybe not that mom and pop that they look for. Well, we, we, uh, Chris, my wife Chrissy and I are, are friends with with Rob and Megan, who mm -hmm. own Cabo yep. Fish Taco. Yep. And they, they talk about someone who knows a neighborhood. That's their place. Yeah. That's their, if you had to go and ask the permission to come to a neighborhood, you would ask them, yeah. okay? Because that's the, their neighborhood, <laughs> and they'll know kind of what I'm tiptoeing around here. Yeah. You know, like you're there. There, um, I don't know that I fit there. Yeah. Although I love Noda, yeah. and I think I would build a cool place in Noda, <laughs> but I don't know that it, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I know things. exactly what you're saying. But again, it's a great area. Yeah, um, very cool. We definitely think about like Valentine. You know, it's a different market for us. We've made some. We've so, so made some, again for the folks listening that aren't from Charlotte. Valentine is a suburb of Charlotte. Very nice, but it's it's very suburban i think where you've had a lot of success are in the neighborhoods that are more in kind of the inner core yes but it's that's uh, more my i think that's more of our our clientele that's more what we build for i think we fit better there mm -hmm. even though people might say oh you'd be great out in this area you know if it doesn't look like it fits there it probably does not yeah. fit there cabo just moved down the street from there oh did they? yeah they I just did not know that wow. i know they're killing it because they do a great job with yeah. all their stuff well i i i believe that Rob and Megan bought the building that they're in long before yeah. the the blue line came through. Yeah. So, so they yeah, they okay, they then I remember that. What was the other there was a place next to them too that was like an old Solstice. Solstice, but on the other side they tore it down and built those apartments a long time yes. ago. Yes. Oh, what was you that? Remember? I remember it, that. I don't remember what that was called. It was a real dive too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was they tried to sell me that at one time and then they were getting ready to tear it down or something. And I was like, Man, this is such a cool area. Yeah. And Solstice, we've been there a bunch. It is. And uh Boudreaux's mm -hmm. and I think Boudreaux's, Solstice and Cabo all have roots in Blackburg. Blacksburg, Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Like they all went to Virginia Tech or okay. something, something like that. Somewhere they're all, they're all tying up down there. Uh, but I often misremember things, so I, I may have that wrong, but I'll, I'll, ch I'll check with, with Rob <laughs> on that. So um, you mentioned Ballantyne. Is there a neighborhood you've got your eye on in Charlotte? It, it seems like right now the really hot spot is kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, Westerly Heights or the, like the area mm -hmm. over... Uh, like Freedom... Freedom, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, heading over that way. I like that. I grew up in this town, mm -hmm. so there are areas that 
are growing and they're different and they're new and they're revising them revitalizing them but i just can't sometimes get past what they used, used to be, to be. <laughs> and i mean that's terrible right so i not say that because it's the truth though and, and we always say i'm not going there i mean yeah. or, i don't go in these areas and they're like why i don't know i just don't go to these areas um we helped the guys you know what the burger company is yeah when that before they started i helped those guys kind of get in gave them some stuff when they started that and that building was nothing. Well, now Rhino Market and Town Brewery mm-hmm. were all right I there. Over the Rhino Market, I stopped there the other day. I was like, I didn't know this was here. And, and Rhino Market Kinkies. came from Common Market over here, right? Yep. Uh, from from the Plaza Midwood yep. neighborhood. He, he used to work for what is uh, Blake. Blake. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Blake's got them going up all over the place too. Yeah. So these guys are all taking these little areas, and they've kind of grown into it. But uh, the Pinkies is over there, yeah. um, and he does a great job with that. It's a fantastic restaurant. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's probably not the healthiest thing because no. I don't know what to order. So I ordered two things. Like, God, dang. they've got a hummus place that's out of this or a hummus plate that's out of this world. But I, I usually tend towards the burgers, or they've got a. It's it's the weirdest thing I've ever. I'm not. I think they had a great change. mix. That's a great like mix of this because I'm thinking that triple bur- cheeseburger with chili all over it, and you're going to got great hummus. Yeah, <laughs> but I had no exactly. idea. No, they, they do. They, <laughs> I had no idea. A fantastic hummus plate, but they also my favorite sandwich is one that I would have never thought to eat, but somebody told me about it. It's a it's a chicken sandwich. And it's got peanut butter and then sriracha on it, and it's absolutely delicious. Really? And there's no reason it should work, but it no, tastes none the next of that time sounds like <laughs> peanut butter and sriracha. Yeah, I might have to try that. <laughs> so, do you do any investing in other companies or just in your own at this point? We do, you know, uh, do a few things. I'm more of about what I'm doing. I work all the time on what I do. Yeah. So it's very hard for me to even sit down and think about what somebody else is doing. I would rather help anybody and in, in, that I can in any way that I can, but it's just very difficult to invest into some sure. of these things. So, no, no, that, but we that, do have we have an investment. We do the uh, country music concert, which okay. is in Myrtle Beach. When we started with uh, that five years ago now, and it's grown into a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our partners in that are another big restaurant group that they own a bunch of uh, bars and restaurants, and they've had more. They've done this for a long time, and, and so have we. So we were able to partner up together, which is unique in itself to get that kind of done. Definitely. Um, so we do a few things. Uh, my other partners, Tom and Scott, being that they're not as involved in this business, they have other things that they do. Yeah. So. Very famously in some cases. Sometimes. <laughs> depends on what you're looking for. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, I'm cognizant of your time because I know you're really busy here. I've just got a yeah. few, more, few more questions. But can you speak to how you think about technology in in the stores and how much of a challenge technology is as you scale the business i imagine owning one or two mm-hmm. you you don't need technology maybe the way that you do when you have as many as you need got. them now yeah it, it, the the print is gone i i, I don't even I, I didn't make the change quick enough mm-hmm. for us we should have been ahead of it i've always wanted it i've yeah. always enjoyed it i just wasn't for some reason didn't execute in time to put these things in place. Cause I feel like as much as I like technology, as much as I know what is, is out there, I think I know what I think it should do and can do not know how to make it happen. So I'm always right there for the new stuff. So I, I love it. I just, we're now having to put somebody in place that can take all of our marketing and get them into these things. Gotcha. And you've got, and now you've got the resources and the scale. I we're getting better. We yeah. focused on the people that were put in place now and the people that we hired. Then the things that we're buying and moving forward on are not still 
put into place with the, the old mentalities in print. So now the technologies, uh, the software that we use for our websites to, to who handles our websites, to people in there doing social media and analytics at mm-hmm. the office now. I would have never hired somebody to do that. Well, I didn't even know what that what meant at first. You, know? you and mentioned then, social if media. If they say algorithm one more time to me, I'm going <laughs> to lose it. <laughs> well, that's my uh, world, Britain. So. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> How important, you mentioned social media, how important is that to your business at this point? I mean, because right. you, you, you may or may not know it because the business has gotten so big, but you've, you, you've got a pretty good social presence. It's, it's actually impressive. Um, and I, you know, I think my weakness is that I don't sit on the phone all the time and see it. And, yeah. it, and it's also why I'm able to do my job because I sit and look at everybody yeah. on their phone constantly. Oh, I'm sorry. So that it, as far as they're constantly using these things, when I say them, I'm talking about the the younger generation yeah. of this, it is critical. I mean, it is critical. Yeah. It is so important in everything. And I think that we have to be better and better at it. The girls and, and the people who handle it for us now in the office are way better than I ever could be. Yeah. So I can only judge them, so to speak, on these things, but they bring things to my attention and it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. To me, the social media is the television of today. Yeah. And when it was low, when it, when it was new, it was all free. Now it's just purchased. We have to buy our way to the buy top. We got to yeah. buy your ads. You buy your time. You, your influencers. It's just another source of marketing. It's not a radio. Radio went to TV. Now we're yep. social media. Now that that's great. So is mobile ordering of, of interest to you guys? I know that a lot of. of my wife and I are very lazy, and <laughs> oh, that's all we do. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's probably Uber a DoorDash door car yeah. in my house right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let me tell you, DoorDash has literally taken my money and messed my order up more than any restaurant that I've ever, and more than McDonald's has. See, I feel like Postmates has screwed me over more. DoorDash, I'm still I've still got a good relationship with DoorDash. Hopefully, you got <laughs> one person that likes you. You tip them well, they come back. Because outside of that. But it's a necessity now. If I messed up the orders as many times as these mobile services do, I would be out of business. Interesting. But we let, and you probably, I don't know, you you might see that yourself. I've I've had a bunch of orders messed up, and it's funny because I don't. What do you do about it? I don't blame the restaurant. I blame, well, I blame the combination of the, I I just say I'm not ordering, not to throw Midwood Smokehouse or Chevelli under the bus, but (laughs) every time I fucking order Postmates (laughs) from Midwood Smokehouse, it gets screwed up, and we just don't do it anymore. So with that, I'll say this about them. But I still go to Midwood Smokehouse. But let me say this about them, because I do too, and their wings are great, It's a fantastic restaurant. (laughs) About Ryan McCoy's, I love his too. I I eat everywhere, okay? But uh, I know for a fact, because I asked Midwood why... I yeah. couldn't get Postmates one day yeah. from that location. And the guy told me, he said, we had too many problems yeah. with our product not getting correct through Postmates that we do not allow them to pick up. I've, I've never had one mistake through Midwood Smokehouse. I've never had one bad experience, yeah. but Postmates always. So in my mind, it's just like, no, we don't order Postmates. We don't. You know, yeah, but it's crazy. Different. And if you, if you look at the details of, if you watch the people that bring you your food, mm-hmm. would you let that person serve you your food at a table? No. Okay, no. so like I just have yeah. a problem with that <laughs> part of it. But mobile ordering, nobody wants to talk to anybody anymore. Yeah. Uh, our systems through Aloha, uh, POS systems, now, and we just started using them for our new stores because it's, it's kind of playing from behind when you have to go back. Mm-hmm. 
But we, um, you, Viva Chicken, you eat them? I do. Okay, I do. So do you I, order I, personally, online? Personally, I love P.O.P.O. So yeah, I do too. Yeah, but, but I also will eat Viva Chicken just well, to keep and it. And they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, but they do this online ordering, and they do the same type of thing. And I've kind of watched what they did on their stuff because this is what it is. That's where they make their money. And they take a lot of the mistakes out of it by handling the mobile ordering. Yeah. If the mobile ordering is not a third-party that, or, or if it's a third party and it can tie into your ordering system mm-hmm. to keep it up to date, I think it works great. Yeah. I just actually signed up with another service through these girls that, that, that the, uh, from the websites. So when we update our menus, that goes out and finds all the menus oh, out great. there and update them because we were having problems with that. Postmates or DoorDash would now, if you grab mean, old menus. This wasn't a question I had thought about, but if you change one menu because you've got 12 different brands do, does that tend to influence other ones or that was the nightmare i was telling you about okay. earlier that's where i didn't think it through holy shit there's too <laughs> many of these things um you know yes we sh- we have to now start with this this many places i have to change and or update make whatever change i need to do in a quarterly basis to f- follow seasons to follow trends mm-hmm. and to follow pricing and to make sure that my PLs all line up if food costs, chicken wings go up, and I don't make adjustments, those numbers that we've budgeted won't hit. Go down. Yep. So we, we, we have those that we have to worry about. So when we do change one, you usually go through and knock out everything at one time. Okay. Wow. Change is not a good word to use. <laughs> we update things. <laughs> not, not as you get bigger. It's easier when you're the change smaller. change is right? bad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, you kind of hit on this. I, I talk a lot about fitness and health on this podcast i'm into keto i'm into paleo eating i'm lately into intermittent fasting um which probably isn't good for a restaurant owner how you do that <laughs> you know what believe it or not you could probably fast pretty good at restaurant if you're busy enough you don't want to eat that yeah, yeah exactly. well the good news is after a fast i come in and crush some food at your restaurant does it work so. for you that way does that how that works it does I, it's weird because when you eat in a window you can eat a lot more and not gain as much i, I, I don't fully understand Shit. the science well, but i had a doctor on, a, on, on another yeah. note though al yeah, doesn't eat meat. Yeah, it hasn't eaten meat for as long as I whatever owned a deli. Yeah, didn't eat meat. The one I invested but in, I was, I, his really best sandwiches were meat. No, no, never. What is it? But so <laughs> I don't understand the concept here. What are we doing now? And he said, "Well, it's my cholesterol." Well, this still doesn't work for me. Yeah. I still think we're well. I, I'm going to direct Al to the last uh, podcast I published. It was probably three or four ago that I interviewed uh, uh, my doctor, who talks a lot about the mythology around cholesterol and and, yeah. and diet and its relationship but but a lot of these keto paleo intermittent fasting vegan vegetarian they're all reaching the mainstream and some mm-hmm. have been in the mainstream for a long time how much do you guys have to look at that and make adjustments to your so menu? it's crazy you say that and i didn't never talk about this but my son uh 21 mm-hmm. uh, he had open heart surgery when he was eight months old a long time oh, ago, then wow. wow. and, and he'd been fine. Then he goes, and then when he got to be 16 years old, he the valves and the things that go on, it's a whole nother story. But he had to go to have surgery again. It's always around your health, and of course, I've always been a, a heavier, I've always not eaten, I still don't eat right. I, I do a million things I do wrong. Oysters um, are very healthy, though, they by can the way. be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got the good cholesterol, right? Yeah, but they say, so, you know, with him. He just recently, when he came back to college, he came back and he said he was vegan. And I said, what? 
Okay. You, where did you move to? What is going on here? I'm not so. <laughs> did you buy a Prius? <laughs> and uh, you know, I looked at it for a minute. Yeah, what is happening up there? <laughs> so I said, I want to know. I want to understand it a little bit. So then, rather than I, I was told him, I said, I'm, I'm proud of you for changing your diet mm -hmm. because you have to learn. If nothing else, you can eat what you need you to, can control and not what you want I agree. to. I totally and now we all can do it, and you can do it anywhere you go. So, for him to come back and say this, now I started. He just got back from college. We want to go eat somewhere. Now I'm trying to find vegan options. Me. Yeah. Could, could even, didn't even understand it. Still have an issue with it. But it's become more, more relative. It's not just because yeah. of my son. But there's people that want it. It is so much more. And now then we go back to the, what is it, to the beyond... Uh, uh, unbelievable meat to the meat, uh, oh, meat yeah. alternative. And the incredible uh, burger, the, incredible the unbelievable burger. burger. Yeah, yeah. Um, these things are obviously there are crazy. People want them. There's I, other I've, I've eaten them and I have no problem eating meat. I love mm -hmm. eating meat, but I, I've, I've eaten the ultimate burger or whatever it's uh -huh. called. And it, they got it. Like it they tastes got it, like right? blood. It tastes like, so it they, tastes like it, everything I want in a burger. So the one <laughs> now they can't keep up with it. Okay. So in, in my world, that means that we need to be finding things here. So you you start talking about, are we researching? Yes. I think that there's a place on our menu for it. It used to be if you had vegan on your menu, like what kind of place is this? That's yeah. not a bar. <laughs> it's not even that anymore. Our drinks are this. Everything is sustainable. More sustainable. Or, yeah. We're driving this direction. We can't even have straws half the time. So when you go to some place. Do you go to, <laughs> is it paper straws or metal straws? Because I've noticed some people are going to metal straws, which I like because they seem like I they can last a very long time. definitely hate yeah. a paper straw. Yeah. I hate it. And I went to Ben and Jerry's to get a milkshake the other day. I want to tell everybody that. But they put a paper straw in there. I was like, at what point in time? is the quality of the product yeah. over the straw okay we're nowhere near turtles over here at south park yeah all right just so everybody knows <laughs> um i just it, it, those things get me but it is part of what we do and we have to think about it the the, the vegan options the vegetarian options where we literally would take whatever was on the menu and throw it on a plate for you mm. vegetarians and you vegans here's what you get it's all we got here now it is different than that yeah um, to open a vegan restaurant, and now that I now that I look at things the way I do at all the different menus, you just don't take anything in the in the building that would be out of their diet. Yep. You could be vegan, and you can make a ton of stuff. Watching my son eat, I could cook for him. I or not me, but I could write. Al I could, could write Al down could clearly. Al's maybe. A vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, Al's got too much cheese and stuff in his diet though. Um, <laughs> But, That's true, not vegan. Yeah, he just can't go vegan. But, and how do I know that? Again, they're pointing it out. So I, I bet I, the next time I start changing, there's going to be some things that will pop up that will be vegan. There will be some things that should fit, I would like to see in my mind, that would be a vegan option in a bar setting. I don't know how that's going to work, but there's yeah. got to be something that as if you're hanging out and you're vegan, you're drinking whatever, because yeah. that doesn't seem to bother them, and you want to eat it. Like for, he, my kid will eat the French fries. I said, I hate that that's your only option. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Agree. That you're in the place that that's all you can eat. I, so. I agree. Well, personally, I'm not a vegan, but I, I I love eating vegan at, um, have you been to Living Kitchen, any of their locations? Um, I have not, but I've heard great things about it's, it's it. A, it's amazing. So you go in and they've I'm got I'm intimidated a, a little bit by it. Like, I, I, I'm still, as much as I'm trying to, I guess I, I have to know about it before I can You go. really should check out. The original yeah. one is in Atherton Mill. I think it's the best. I've been to South a couple Park, of their right? locations. Well, there's one in South Park, too, but they've got one mm -hmm. in Atherton Mill, which is the original gotcha. one. And they've got one in Raleigh. And um, 
you, you go in and, and you order these dishes that don't taste vegan. Like they don't, I don't know that they even advertise, but everything is raw and vegan. And again, I'm not a vegan yeah. by any stretch, but I, I love eating it's, meat. But yeah. I, it's but, food. Yeah, I mean, I it's a lunch. meal. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you go eat, it's like uh, taco salad and it tastes just like taco salad, but it's like portobello mushrooms and yeah. some kind of uh, nut cheese, you know. And then and then you eat uh, bolognese, <laughs> spaghetti bolognese and it's delicious, but there's no... There's no, there's no even grains in it. They're using like zucchini noodles. You, you really ought to check it out. Because I will. I think, it, I think it hits your point. Like, I will. You don't need to know that you're eating vegan. You just need to know it's that I'm meal. eating good food. It's a meal. Yeah. My kids, one of the kids, I can't remember, is like this third grade teacher. We were standing there and the kids were all in line. And he goes, I don't know what I want. He goes, you're eating again in three hours. Just grab something. <laughs> and I was like, good point. It's a meal. All right, let's get this down. And so it doesn't have to be that thing every time. It should be different. Things. Yeah. And, and I want to experiment. I, I we have to. Yeah. You know, I ask now, my the only part they haven't figured out is is the alcohol. Like, I drink kombucha there. I'll drink water. They've yeah. got a great green tea. I don't know that they have an alcohol there, but I, I think you're right. I think there's something there where... And, and for me, as a paleo eater, which I don't know how familiar you are with paleo, yeah. but it's paleo is almost vegan. It's all organic vegetables. It's all grass-fed beef. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, uh, cage-free chicken, eggs. Gotcha. Um, but it's basically meat and veggies with a little bit of peanuts, or not in peanuts, a little bit of um, seeds and nuts, and and no legumes, no dairy. So very similar to vegan, but yeah. but a lot of meat, a lot of healthy meats. But everybody asks immediately when they get on this diet, like, what do I do about alcohol? And every most of the diets will tell you, cut alcohol out for a month and see how you feel, and see yeah. if you want to not drink it. But then they tell you like. These are the alcohols you could drink. So I think for you, a paleo is probably more interesting than a vegan because here's here's a paleo selection and then here's a bunch of paleo-approved yeah. alcohols, red wine, um, liquors that aren't loaded with sugar, uh, that type yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lifestyle. A <laughs> and you, t- you start talking about that, breaking the food down, then you get back to the alcohol side. I had a guy just actually moved, in, moved on but worked with me for a while, and he was a mixologist. But he also had that palate in making drinks and, and mm-hmm. putting these things together. And he would create things. We were playing with the CBDs and the different stuff. And it uh-huh. was it was so, it's fun. Yeah. And, and we're in this business. We should be doing that. We yeah. should be finding that, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting. I was just reading an article about how CBD, right now it's largely sold by the specialty stores. There's one right around the corner from mm-hmm. here, Charlotte C- CBD. But now... Walgreens is looking at it and a lot of the restaurants are looking at it mm-hmm. and figuring out like how, how do we mix this in so FDA got in on that okay so they, they, everything is good you can sell it pills whatever but you can't put it into food that's what they said but they said a lot of companies are doing They're it still, anyways <laughs> I can stick it on the, I can give it to you like a dressing and yeah. you can sprinkle it on there <laughs> like that you know interesting <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit here and there I said we'll have big plates of CBD powder sitting on the table for everybody when you walk in <laughs> like a Scarface movie just go in and have your drinks and yeah, get your yeah. little list <laughs> uh, well, Britton, th- this has been a lot of fun. I can't thank I you for blast. taking time, man. This, uh, I, I admire your business. I've been watching it literally since you started it, and it's just fantastic. It couldn't happen to, to a nicer guy, but I think it, it says a lot that you and Tom have had so much success through so many generations. So thank you for doing this podcast. As people know, the reason I do this podcast is I'm lucky enough to know a lot of people like yourself who are 
defying conventional wisdom. You could have stayed at Hooters. You could have had a great career at Hooters, mm-hmm. but you decided to go out on your own and build things that were your own. And that's that's what this podcast embodies. And so I'm so thankful that you would share some time with with my listeners. I know that they find this type of thing very valuable. Well, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having here. And I, I like talking about it. I think this is what we do. And I, I can appreciate this too. I look forward to going back in here and a few of the other ones and a few coming up. I think I want to yeah, see yeah, too. Absolutely. I want to see how you lay, lay these guys. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brent. Thank you Have very a good night. Much. All right. All right. Cheers. Man.